Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're going to open up with some prayer. And um, praise God. I'm not sure where I'm at, but we'll figure it out as we go. <sighs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time, Lord, that you've given us, Lord. We thank you that you're healing our souls. You're setting us free. You're strengthening our spirits, Lord. We praise you, Lord, that every day we get stronger. Every day we're walking in more victory. I thank you, Lord, that you're transforming our minds, Lord, into your glorious, marvelous Son's image. We praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory. And, Lord, we put on the helmet of salvation, knowing that our soul is saved. Praise God. We, put our, we gird ourselves up with the belt of truth, for it's the truth that we hold on to, Lord, the truth that lasts forever. We prepare our feet with the gospel, knowing that we can stand firm and solid, on solid ground with your good news, Lord. That when all the world is screaming bad things, you are good. And we can stand in that. And I thank you, Lord, for the shield of faith. Oh, Lord, that when the enemy comes with his lies and deception, that we can stand. Speak out in faith your very word. And thank you, Lord, for the sword of the Spirit, your very word of God. Oh, thank you. You've given us all of these, this armor, these defenses. You love us, Lord. Thank you so much for that. I thank you. I ask that this meeting be yours, Lord. We yield to you. We yield to your spirit. Lord, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Woo, hallelujah. I love, um, I'm not sure. Oh, oh, the, okay, okay. <coughs> it's back here. I'm getting an overhaul. All right. Um, where, was I here last time? I, where's, my, where's my Kenrick? Because he usually. Oh, Kenrick. Kenrick, get out here. Kenrick. <laughs> Need you. Because he knows where I'm at. You're, you're, you're my helper in, in where I'm at. Because I think we went through impeccable already. We're, we, were in, we went through doing, connecting dots. <laughs> we had some fun. I like to have a little fun. And I think last week, did we get through compassion and loyalty and love? Did we... Oh, really? We didn't do any of this? We, oh. Okay, we did Helen Keller. We did Compassion. I, okay, I was thinking we did Compassion. Huh? I was singing? Oh, yeah, the songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did it my way and. uh yeah, I did, didn't I? Okay, so uh, did we go over all this compassion here? Kindness, mercy, generosity, patience. Speak words that give life. Mm-hmm. All right, well. <clears throat> we were... Okay. I think, uh-huh. This way? Yes. 
right there. Okay, I think that might be where we left off too. Okay, bringing hope, faith, and love, full expectation of God. Yes, I had all these songs going on last week. Because I, I woke up that morning and songs just started coming to me. I'm like, Lord, where's, what's all this about? All right, compassion, the blessing. Isaiah 55, 11, So will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not return to me void. I think we did go over this. It will not be useless without result, without accompanying what I desire, and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. So the blessing that we are to speak the, God, the blessing of God, that his word does not return. God's word is always contains the capability and the capacity to complete, accomplish his vision, his image in the word. I think that's where we did leave off. So we did talk about this, that before Jesus left this earth, that he gave a blessing when he left, that we are to bless, not curse. You know, um, this is something that I'm telling you in life, you hear a lot of negative things said, even about people that you work with. Uh, You could hear negative things about your own children. You hear a lot of negative things, and it's easy to agree. It's easy to, yeah, you know, because that's all you see. You know, and we have to speak the blessing. Now, I had an experience this week, and I don't know, but have y'all ever just gotten up and you felt like your soul and your emotions and everything was in a funk? I mean, just in a funk. Like, and and I was experiencing that this week, and I think it's because of, of a lot of things. I worked real hard. You know, my mind was totally engaged for a long periods of time and then you know I'm all of a sudden I'm pressed oh we have glory night then I realized we got company coming in all weekend and I'm getting the hell you know and it's like I just felt like I am in a funk here you know and it's so funny because um what is so neat about it is that here was my experience that I had I mentioned something to my husband, like, you know, I don't know what's going on. I, I, I knew I was exhausted. I knew that, for one thing, physically. You know, when you're physically exhausted, you, you get in a funk. And I said, I know, you know, I know about that, but I almost feel like this, like this depression, this negative thinking started. And this stuff was rolling around. You know how you just, it's just rolling around. It's just stirring and toiling in there. But the minute I said something and I put it in words I said it's like it's like this this thing you know that uh this negative stuff the minute I put it in words immediately I was like okay I've identified some words I've identified some words so then it was real simple like oh all I need to do is find the word to counter this and I, and I began doing that. I began speaking differently, you know. I began, um, the, what came to my mind were scriptures about the, the Lord said he's given us keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so the Lord was, was talking to me. I'm like, okay, I've got that word. That's where word is 
there in my mind. And I said, Lord, by my will, you know, we have this. My will right now, I will come in agreement with that word. And I will bind in heaven. I will bind on earth. Excuse me. I will bind what's happening in my soul. The negative stuff, I see it. It's a word. I'm now binding it. And I'm saying, you can't operate here. I'm making a choice because I'm wanting to identify with my master, my Lord. He doesn't have this stuff going on in him. And so I made a choice. I bind it, and, I, and heaven binds it. You see? And then I said, I'm making a choice to loose your kingdom, your love, your light, your laughter, your joy. I'm making a choice to bind my soul to the very soul of Christ and loose his light, his love, his peace into my soul. And I spoke it. And it was just amazing how that stuff began to just... Like, you know, and this could have gone on for days. You know, these funk things, they can go on for days. (laughs) Right? I mean, I don't know. Is it just me, you know? Okay. So, but it was amazing how the word, applying the word and using the keys that the Lord gave me that I can make a will, a choice, and begin to break that stuff off and loose the kingdom of heaven, loose his love, loose his righteousness, loose his energy, loose all of that into my soul. Amen. So I wanted to share that little testimony. And this is, you know, when I'm, we're talking about the blessing, we've got to bless our soul. You know, we talk, the scripture says, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Well, soul, we have to say soul. I will bless the Lord. And I will bless my soul. And we quote the scriptures, you know, that even my soul prospers. My soul prospers and is in health. Amen. And it's amazing. We have the will to loose and bind. We have the keys of the kingdom. We activate them with our words. And the words are powerful because you're hearing it. It's going deep into your soul. Your very words you know, so I identified the negative thing. I, I identified it into a word, and then we demolished it with the word. And it was so simple. I went, wow, how easy is that? It's pretty easy. It can be done. I mean, when you're in that funk, you feel like, I don't know how to get out of this. That's how you feel. Oh, I'm in this funk. But, you, but it is, and once you identify it, and be, here's the word. That's gonna, that I need to crush, and here's the word that's going to do it. It's amazing how your soul just gets released. Amen? So I want to give you all that testimony. We've got to learn to bless. We are people that bless. If we start agreeing with the world in negative thinking and negative talk against anyone, um, it does the wrong thing. I I just, just like recently, you know, um, I had text my son, you know, happy Easter, blah, blah, blah. I got no response. Well, immediately I can begin thinking a lot of negative stuff. You know, this boy just doesn't care about anybody. 
you know, if somebody else can even say that, and I'm hearing all that, they just, you know, they're selfish or whatever. I'm hearing all that. So I just went, you know, I got all this. I'm like, Lord, stop that. We're going to bind that up now. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to release some something good. And so I text him and I said, you are a young man that loves. Just the very opposite of, you know, what I was feeling like. He doesn't even love his mama. He doesn't even text me back. <laughs> I mean, you know, but that, I just said, you are a young man that loves. And he responded. And normally he never responds to texts. He just doesn't text back. He, he had this joke on Facebook that said, the day you meet the one the woman that finally gets you, she finally understands you, and she doesn't text you back either. Because <laughs> so, he doesn't text back, but he texts me back. And he said, yes, I, I do, and I love differently. And I said, yes, you love deeply. So I, I praise God. I'm like, thank you, Lord, you know, that I didn't let the negative thought just get a hold of me, that I actually countered it. Do you know we are kings and priests? on this earth, and we are here to administer. Now, when I say administer, that's not, you know, that's, you can serve with the blessing, but we are here to activate, minister, activate the blessing. And if we don't do it, things just go on. But we have to activate it. And every time we gain one little piece of ground, one little area, Something is happening in the kingdom, bigger than we can even see. It's like we, we might see a little tip of the iceberg, but something is happening bigger than we can see. Amen? So we want to always bless. If we begin to engage in the negative, you know, I don't know if y'all remember this, but early on when I first came here, I had a vision, and this is when the economy was going down, Everybody was talking about the economy. All of a sudden, the stock market went boom. Everything went boom. And the Lord, I had a, it was actually a dream. And in my dream, I was like on the street, and there was a, a guy, a man, and a truck. And, and the man was talking about um, how the economy was going down. And in my dream, I looked up, and I saw the windows of heaven opening up like this. And I knew it was God. I knew it was the blessing. And then I was looking at the man, and the, he was so convincing in his talking. I saw this window moving over to where we were. And then as he kept talking, I was listening, and then I was, you know, being empathetic. I was like, oh, yeah. I was being empathetic. And just that little bit of agreeing, oh yeah, I, you know, I felt for him, my empathy went out to him just that little bit. I watched that window close up like this, and it began to move away. And I knew that was heaven and heaven's answer and God's blessing for everything. And I was like, wait, come back. I was like, yeah, come back here now. And it was just moving away. And I was like, in the name of Jesus, come back now. And it came back real fast. It opened up and this angelic being that was kind of like a, had like a Spider-Man net. I mean, this golden net cast like this over 
me over the man, the truck, everything. And I felt the blessing of God go through my body. It vibrated me so much so that I woke up. I woke up in my, I was like, wow. And this, you know, the Lord was showing me that we, I, that we could not be in agreement with the circumstances that we have to activate, that we can call in, we can speak, we can activate we can ignite. We can administer the blessing. Amen? So I had to tell you all about that story because I want you to remember that as you hear people saying a lot of negative things around you, then instead of agreeing, even for a moment, you have to think, Lord, how can I activate the blessing in this situation? How can I activate your will? and your blessing in this now. And even if you can't speak to that person or whatever, you can in your mind, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I activate the blessing in that person's life that you are in charge, that you have a desire, you have a will. And Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, I activate that. I call it in. And all of heaven is listening. Angels are listening. They are standing in guard. Amen. So we want to have the compassion. You know, when I say that I had empathy for the man, I had empathy. But I went too far in when I nodded my head. I agreed. And we cannot have an agreement with anything that the devil's doing. We can have compassion. We can hurt with people. We can cry with people, but we must lead them alongside with the answer. Amen. With the answer firmly in place, firmly in view, firmly there in our soul. Amen. So we have the same power to bless with our words. And that word will accomplish the blessing in our lives and in others that God has put in our past. John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives Life, the flesh conveys no benefit. It is of no account. The words I have spoken to you, they are spirit and life. They are providing eternal life. You know, yeah, I, I've, I've heard my husband talk about how you can uh, be in circumstances or business situations or financial, whatever, and, and it either has life on it or it has death. In your relationships, they either have life on them or they have death. And so we're constantly administering either life or death with how we're thinking and how we're speaking, right? So we are to speak with words that edify and bless. First Thessalonians 5.11, Therefore, encourage and comfort one another and build up one another just as you are doing we are to speak words that give life. So blessings come in the form of words. They come in the form of compassion. You can have compassion, but when you have compassion, see the victory. See that person the way God sees them. See the answer. See it so much so that that is more real to you than anything else. And that the compassion, the love will actually manifest that it will come into being, everything, that much compassion for people and for circumstances, encouragement. 
focusing on identity. We, we need to know who we are and who the other persons are in Christ. See, we cannot see them as, oh, they're lost, they're hopeless, they're going nowhere, what a mess. We have to see them the way the Father sees them. Jesus has already come. He's already paid the price. He's done his part. Now, we must be in agreement with all of heaven. And all of heaven is cheering that person into coming into place, coming into position, into their identity in Christ. We must have compassion. We must have speak blessings of words that ignite vision. You see, we live in a world that is in hopeless despair. We live in a world where people have no vision. And what vision they see is full of fear. And we have to ignite God's vision, the goodness of God, right? We have to speak words with purpose. When we speak, we must realize that our words have a purpose, that they're not just ramblings, that there is purpose. We have to speak with kindness, gentleness, and love. Compassion, blessing. This here is in Ecclesiastes 11.1. 1. It says, cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Bread is like a seed. It's, an, it's a necessity of life. And we sow with no expectations, and the waters carry it away. In other words, everywhere you go, you speak a blessing. You speak good seeds. And you may never, you may never see where it goes, but it goes. It's going into this domain where we have dominion. We are planting seeds. We are the husbandry of God, the very farmer, the very tiller of the soil who plants the seeds and gets the good seed out there. So we must, we must cast our bread upon the waters. We must spread it out and knowing that after many days it comes back and see those seeds when they come back, that bread, I think they're probably eaten by fish, and then they come back as big fish. <laughs> you know, they come back at, for us. So words set free, they set free on God's behalf. Your seed, your words are the bread or the necessity of life to others and to yourself. Now that's pretty incredible. The necessity of life. If we don't say the right things, then people are dying. It is the necessity of life, even our own life, the necessity of our own life, the necessity of our relationships, the necessity of our businesses, the necessity of life is the very words that line, align with God. When God moves you by his spirit to speak blessings, do it. You have no way of knowing what the harvest God is going to bring from them. So God moves in people's lives. I heard this testimony about a, a minister and her daughter was completely just gone wild and left the home and it had burdened her. And every day she'd make that bed up and she would pray to the father for her daughter to come home. And the Lord said, you know, I've prepared rooms for my children too. I've prepared a place for my children too. And anyway, she just... She began to pray and she began to release her faith 
and not her fear and not her worry, but her faith that God had this child. And then two people that happened to be from her church that didn't even know this child, didn't even know who she was. The Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, as they were driving by, you're to talk to her. And they kept driving, no, you know, but then the Holy Spirit tugged on them again and said, now you go. They went back. She was nowhere, but they kept moving. Holy Spirit, where'd she go? Where'd she go? They found her and they began to, they said, sorry, you don't know us, but we are compelled to talk to you. We're Christians. And they said, you know, she, she, the, where the church she went to, and they said, oh, my mother's the pastor there. <laughs> so, but anyway, it brought this daughter back in to the fold, listening to the Holy Spirit. Isn't that a beautiful story? So whenever we're speaking, blessing, and even blessing another child or blessing other people, God is always, when you cast your bread, it will come back to you in many days. It always comes back. Amen. Proverbs 15, 23. Joy comes to a man with a reply of his mouth. How good is a word at the right time? I'll tell you what. How many times have you heard a word at the right time and you went, Oh, God, thank you for that word. I needed that word right then. And the Lord just, well, how wonderful that joy. Release your words of blessing and hope and faith that God will bring a harvest of joy for you and the love of God to those that hear the word. If you choose to bless another person, you will always end up feeling more blessed. Isn't that the neat thing about how things work? When you're blessing and you're releasing the blessing, no matter who or what it is, it's amazing how you feel like you're the one that's blessed. You know why? Because when you're releasing it, it's being released out of heaven. It's flowing through you. It's becoming a part of your soul. It's becoming and changing a part of your soul. So the more we bless, the more it just it heals, it it mends, it transforms our soul. Amen. So we reap what we sow. Amen. So compassion and love and action, it comprises of mercy, kindness, generosity, justice, and patience. And justice is God's justice. You know, there's a scripture in the word that says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. And sometimes when we get really angry at somebody, we're going like, man, I just want to get back at that. But the Lord says vengeance is, is his. But you know what? You may think, okay, God, you put hot coals of fire on their head. <laughs> but that's, that is not what God has in mind. When he says vengeance, it's his vengeance of his passion. It's his vengeance of his love to bring that person into alignment with him. So his vengeance is his justice, and he's paid the price for it. He will bring his own to him. You know, that vision I had Saturday night where the Jesus was coming out of the clouds and the glory was just clouds of glory that so much that they were vibrating through me. And then I saw the Lord like on this horse and he was like this, this uh, cowboy instead of lassoing, he was moving and moving and then he'd reach into somebody's heart. And, the, 
And I thought, Lord, you know, it wasn't their mind, it wasn't their soul, it was their heart. He was moving, and I heard him whistle, you know, tell them to come here. And he's reaching and grabbing their hearts because they were his. They belonged to him. And then I saw from afar off souls looking, people looking, trembling, knowing that, this, that their time had come, that they belonged to him and they knew it. And everything that wasn't of him had to leave, and they were trembling. Because he was whistling and he was like, you know, rounding them up. And it was like a roundup. This is mine. This is mine. That's mine. Come. And he's doing that now. He's doing it now in the spirit. And and everywhere he moved, every time he moved, those clouds of glory, they were like part of him. I mean, they just moved with him and everything just moved with it. And when he whistled, it just like they came and they trembled. And they were changed in a moment. Oh, God is good, isn't he? That's what he's doing in the spirit. I love, I love it when he shows me these things. I just can't stop talking about them. <laughs> I can't stop talking about them because it's so powerful. Those clouds and that light, they were full of light. And they were like vibrating through me, through my whole, every being. Compassion is the nature of God. Deuteronomy 4.29, it says, But even there, if you seek God, your God, you, you'll be able to find him if you're serious, looking for him with your whole heart and soul. When troubles come and all these awful things happen to you in future days, you will come back to God, your God, and listen obediently to what he says. God, your God is above all a compassionate God. Oh, I thank God for that. Man, the compassion of God. I thank God that he loved me when, in the midst of being a sinner, in the midst of entertaining demons in my head. I, I just thank God that his mercy endures forever. He's in a compassionate God. In the end, he will not abandon you. <laughs> and you may feel like that. You may be like, God, where are you? He's there. And he's just waiting for you to believe him. And that he's there. He is there. He's always there. In the end, he will not abandon you. He won't bring you to ruin. He won't forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he swore to them. I thank God that we have a covenant. The other night, um, it was late. I guess it could have been after we got home from glory night, or maybe it was last night. I was watching uh, a little clip of the Passion of Christ and watching them do the the whipping and part of it, and then I had to turn the TV off. But when I see that, I went, how could I carry any sickness? When that cat of nine tails with hooks in it literally ripped through his skin. How can I carry any sickness at all? How can I ever be in agreement with it? Whew. I mean, when you see that, it's like, no way. There's no way that any kind of sickness can stay. Because he made a covenant. And it's got blood. And it's eternal. Whew. Oh, I'm telling you. Mm, I, I, I just couldn't get over it. You know, you just, you just can't get over it the covenant and how 
we don't we don't realize the power of that we're not aware we're not we don't always keep in perspective what he did for us and what our rights are that we have the right we have a right to with our will to be in agreement with that covenant and call on him in our day of trouble compassion God is compassionate a forgiving God he is gracious perfect he's patient he is in fact love itself second chronicles 39 says for if you return to the Lord your brothers and your sons will be shown pity by those who look them who took them away and will return to this land for the Lord your God is kind he's loving he will not turn his face away from you if you return to him. And that's many times all the Lord is asking us to do is to return to him. And we have to do that daily because sometimes our souls go through funks and they get in messes and they're full of junk. We have to make a choice right there. That's where we have the reins of the horse we're riding. There's, that's it. We make the choice. To return to him holy. Luke 6.36. Be merciful, responsive, compassionate, tender. Just as your heavenly father is merciful. Compassion, it's a feeling. It's where deep sympathy for, uh, and sorrow for another person who's stricken by misfortune. They're accompanied by a strong desire to, to alleviate the suffering. That's the compassion of God. You see, we can see it we can feel it we can feel their pain but we must hold on to the answer and we must we are the ones who can alleviate sometimes it's a simple touch because you've got so much power in you through that love that simple touch it could be a smile it could be a nod and people can just see it I love you I'm with you in, in your eyes. And that in itself is the compassion of God. His spirit touching and moving and helping. Amen. Giving people hope. A deep awareness and understanding of the suffering of another as well as a strong desire, a, a longing to relieve the suffering, a need and I want to just do something about it to stop the pain, to relieve the pain, to get rid of the pain. Amen. It is that part of us that causes us to take on the cares and the concerns of those around us to carry one another's burdens. Now, when that, that part of us, that compassion, and what I want you to grab onto, what I'm saying in your soul, is when you take on the burden, you feel the pain of another, you must take on the burden with the mind of Christ because he is the answer, and you have that in you. Don't go down to a place where you're in the pit with them, <laughs> and you're like, I know, God is so awful, Lord. Have, you know, you, you can't. You can cry for them because they hurt, but you cannot get in the, you cannot go with them. You must be the arm that reaches down to pull them out. Amen. 
but you can be compassion enough to touch their pain so that they know that you're with them. And then you bring them into the light where the hope is, with the word, with the faith, with the love of Christ, right? So I want you to know that. Compassion always is the part that says, let's fix this. We're going to fix this now. Amen? Amen. It's a portion of what binds us together as one body, to share one another's burdens, to weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who rejoice. You know, the Lord wept at Lazarus' death when he came and Mary and Martha, oh, Lord, if you were here, and, and he, he wept. The word said he wept. He wept because they hurt, but here he is, the very rex resurrection. He knew exactly what was going to happen, but he is the resurrection. He is the life, and he knew that he was going to raise Lazarus, but he had compassion for their pain. He touched them with his with, he touched their hurt and wept their tears, and then he was the answer. Amen? That's how we must work with God. Zechariah 7, 7, this is out of the message, it says, There's nothing new to say on the subject. Don't you still have the message of the earlier prophets from the time when Jerusalem was still a thriving, bustling city and the outlying countryside the Negev and Shephelah <laughs> was populated. This is the message that God gave Zechariah. Well, the message hasn't been changed. God of the angel armies said them then, and he says now, treat one another justly, love your neighbors, be compassionate with each other. Don't take advantage of widows, orphans, visitors, and the poor. Don't plot and scheme against one another. That's evil. So the Lord's saying, very plain, we are to love. We are to be the answer. We are to always move with compassion. We are to take care of the widows. We are to take care of the orphans. We are to take, be kind to visitors. The word says, always uh, be careful who you may be entertaining angels unaware, you know. So it's like you never know. Some stranger may be actually an angel that you say a kind word to or, or whatever. So always do that. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and helpful to one another, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another readily, freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you. 1 Peter 3.8, finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, Love one another and be compassionate and humble. Ezekiel, I had a lot of scriptures here on this. Oops, I forgot to turn that off. Excuse me. That is terrible. Okay. All right, let's get that down. <laughs> oh. I would go for crazy ringtones. All right. Ezekiel, and I will give them one heart, a new heart, and put a new spirit within them. I will take from them the heart of stone and will give them a heart of flesh that is responsive to my touch. When I, when I read this scripture, 
I think about how many times that when I was in depression and hurting, that how many times that I must have appeared to have a heart of stone and maybe even felt like I had a heart of stone. Because when you're hurting and when you are in torment and you're desperate, it's hard for you to see anybody else's problems. It's really hard because you're so tormented and in so much pain yourself that you don't even have compassion for anybody else. And your heart is like a stone. You know, it, it, and, and, and it, could be, it could be that your heart has been so pulverized, so broken that there's nothing left. And you know, every time that we give our heart and our soul to a person, place, or thing, we are giving a part of ourselves. You know, we've talked about soul ties. We're giving a layer of our soul away. We're giving a piece of our innocence away. We're giving a piece of everything that's good about us that the Lord put there away. And sometimes you give it to the wrong people and they abuse it and they pulverize your heart. And where you had a heart, you know, maybe before you might have had a heart that loved people and had a lot of mercy and a lot of good, and they just pulverize it. And then you get like jaded. Oh, I don't trust anybody now. I'm not trusting anybody. I mean, you get all kinds of, you know, you get like a heart of stone because you go into this protection mode. And, but the Lord will put you a heart of flesh back in with his touch. And I just want to say this, and we've talked about soul ties. We can right now, even now, say in the name of Jesus, we can bind everything back to our soul that was given away. If we gave away our faith, if we gave away our hope, if we gave away our love, if we gave away our uh, peace, we gave it to some abuser. And they took that part of us and they pulverized it. They trampled on it. You know, the word says to be careful who you cast your pearls too because it says in the it's in the old testament it says don't cast your pearls before the swine because the swine will trample them in the mud and basically laugh at you you know and so i felt like i had done that you know i'd cast all my pearls to somebody who just trampled on everything that was good you know, and trampled all my value, everything. And so there, in response to that, you know, as you, you go through so much hurt, you go through so much trauma, and then somewhere in there you get angry. And I always say that anger is a secondary emotion because the first one is so much hurt. Well, I think my first one's shock. <laughs> it's always been shock. What? I mean, just shock. Unbelievable shock. I, I, I didn't know human beings could be, you know, like that. It was, huh? Yeah, it's like, I can't believe it. Shock. And then there's hurt. And then there's 
eventually, after time of wallowing in the hurt, then there's that point of anger, and then there's that point of, no, I'm never trusting again. All this stuff happened, you know, all these layers, of, and all this stuff is in your soul now. It's in your soul, and pieces of your soul that were gone are, are gone. That part of you that had faith, that part of you that could love, that part of you that trusted, that part of you that was innocent, that part of you—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's somewhere out there. You—you you don't even know where it is. Where's that at? Where's that part of me now? But hear what we can do with the Word of God. We can say, in the name of Jesus, I call forth right now and everyone say this right now in the name of Jesus I call forth everything that was good in my soul that was taken from me I call it back and in the name of Jesus I bind it back to my soul and whatsoever I bind on earth is bound, is bound in heaven, and heaven will do it. Will do it. Amen. 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 Now, another thing that I wanted to say about soul ties, people, like especially if you've been married and gone through a divorce or whatever, somebody gave me this analogy, and I thought, well, that's exactly what it's like. It's like somebody just took you and superglued you onto this person you got super glued and then it got ripped like that and there's chunks of you and chunks of them on you and it's like you got chunks of flesh and blood and just like of them and chunks and flesh and blood on of you on them right and so what we want to do in the name of Jesus, we call back that part of our soul that got lost. We call back the part that, 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 that they took. But now what we want to do is we want to say in the name of Jesus, everything that this person implanted in my soul and put on me that is not like you, in the name of Jesus, say it out loud, in the name of Jesus, everything that was put on me and put in my soul that is not like Christ, that is not part of me, I release it now. And according to the will that I have, I release it here on earth, and it is now released in heaven. Hallelujah. I declare in the name of Jesus that my soul is being made whole. Thank you, Lord. And I thank you, Lord, that you are healing my heart. And that your touch is taking a heart of stone and making it a flesh again. And that I have the heart of Jesus. That I have the eyes of Jesus. That I have the mind of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Shalom. Shalom. Nothing missing. Nothing missing. And, nothing and nothing broken. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.
Amen. Praise God. Woo, let's give him some glory. Hallelujah. Woo. I felt that. I felt that. Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay, we'll keep going. How is your compassion meter? Your compassion meter. Your compassion meter is going to tell you the condition of your heart and the condition of your soul. Because if you can't see the pain that's out there, then something's wrong in your, in your own soul if you can't see it. Some people, um, you know, we can get so heavenly minded in the Lord, in Christ, that we don't see the hurt out there. But what we have to do is have the mind of Christ. See, Jesus saw. He saw. But he also had the mind. You think about this. How many times did he walk by the lame man at the temple? The one that Peter healed. The one that he walked by that same guy every day. Now the Lord had compassion. But he also knew that the father said walk by. There's a season and time, but you can always bless, you can always pray. And then when it was Peter's time and he walked by, he said, silver and gold, I don't have any of that, but such as I have, I give you. Rise and walk. That's the same fellow that had been there forever. Jesus walked by him every day. So... We must have compassion, but we must see it, but we must see the answer. And how are you going to do that? Through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Timing. But don't be oblivious to it. Know what's going on. Be aware. Of, you know, I've said this before. Be aware of what your enemy's doing. What Satan's doing. See what he's doing in people's lives. And you can pray. You can ask for the Father, for the answer, and he'll tell you. Do you know that when you just say this, I have the mind of Christ? Do you know how powerful that is? Because he knows all things. He sees the beginning and the end of every person. He knows everything written in every book. And it's amazing when you say, I have the mind of Christ, and then you see someone in pain. Lord, tell me what I should pray. What is it? And he may actually show you something. He may show, you know, I've seen things like, uh, I've seen like look like some kind of claw in somebody's head and said, I bet you, pardon me, but do you have migraine headaches often? Well, yes. Do you mind if I just pray for you and release a blessing? It's amazing what God does. And it's like, I feel, I feel it's gone. That's how God operates. But he gives you the answer. But we've got to have his mind. Amen? Oh. Okay. Microphone. Oh. Okay. So, um, you know, in this compassion, you know, I work with seniors and um, there's this one that I'm recalling to mind that, you know, every day it's, um, it's something different. You know, like, uh, 
this is the same the same woman that I went to in the hospital and prayed for because the doctors were saying, hey, you know, we, we had to take a toe, but if it continues, we're going to have to take your foot and then possibly your leg. And I said, no, you know, and then she, you know, I went to the hospital and prayed with her while she kept her foot and, you know, kept the leg and all, and all that, got out of the hospital and, um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's kind of like um, it's a repetitive cycle. You know, and I find myself um, getting getting annoyed with her, you know, because, you know, it's saying, you know, this is a person who goes to church, who believes in Jesus, who is, you know, very spiritual and, and all that stuff, but is just so beat down. And, you know, and I, I find myself encouraging her, but it's like whatever I say doesn't take hold. And, and I, like I said, I find myself getting annoyed with this person and I just want to say, stop. Yeah. You know, and, and, um, and so at times I really, I don't try to avoid her, but I avoid certain conversations that I have with her. And so I'm trying and to figure out why do you avoid him? That's, that's what I'm trying to understand, you know, okay. because there's something, you know, it's like, she's, you know, just building herself this pit and digging herself deeper and deeper. And it gets, it agitates me because it's like, you know, I'm, I'm telling, I'm telling you what I think, you know, if, if you're calling on the name of Jesus, if you're doing this, if you're, you know, if you're, you know, relying on that power, how is your hole getting deeper? Mm -hmm. You know, and it, and it's just, I guess it's kind of like, you know, I have other situations to where, you know, I, I'm saying, okay, this is, you know, I can help you, but I can only help you so much until you decide that you want to help yourself, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to, why does it get on my nerves? <laughs> because I'm telling her and I'm telling her, but it, the hole is just getting deeper and right. deeper. I would ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you why it's getting on your nerves. And my first thought is, when I, with somebody like that, that they're just going on and on and on, how awful things are. They're, it's like a record. They're playing it. It's the same old song. It doesn't matter what goes on good in their life. It's the same, it's the same record. They got this DVD on, this CD record. And um, one of the things the Lord taught me, because I had a record of all kinds of torment and depression at one time. I mean, it was just always, and, it, and it's like I couldn't get out of it. And the, so it's like you have to scratch the record. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go. <laughs> and, and sometimes if it, it's just you can shock them, you know, like just pour a glass of water on them or... <laughs> And then say, oh, oh, pardon me, I'm sorry. Now, what were you saying? Right. And get them back in the record and then do it again. Yeah. I mean, you have to scratch the record. And the way I did it for myself is I would go into this, oh, and I, I had a rubber band right here, and I would pull it back and pop my skin till I felt so much pain. I was like, whoo. But it scratched my record. So that's what I was doing. I was scratching my own record. I had a record. I knew it was playing. And I'm like, God, get me out of this. Because I knew the end, the end of the song was so much depression that I felt suicidal. I mean, just it was a deep pit. And I'm like, get no. You know, and I popped myself to scratch my record. 
So with somebody like that, they're just caught in this thing. You have to scratch their record. Now, um, you may do that in a, in a, there may be a kinder way. I mean, the Lord, <laughs> he may give you a kinder way. Um, there, I've noticed like, um, with, uh, with my husband or, you know, like sometimes I might say, uh, you know, in a little negative thing going and he'll just say, well, I'm in agreement. You're right. <laughs> Wait a minute. You're supposed to say the opposite. You're supposed to build me up. You know what this like? You know what I mean? But it would it would help scratch the record. So you gotta. I think some sort of shock, or uh, you've got to scratch the record. And see, the reason why you're annoyed, and you got to scratch that record too. Now, yeah. And there, you know, and, and there's some people that you may not be called to be the one. You may not have the voice that they can hear. Everybody has a voice of somebody that they hear that person. You know what I'm saying? But you can pray. So is it really just a matter like that's what, you know, I was trying to figure out because this has been happening for, for a couple of months now to where, you know, I, um, you know, if she's saying something, um, I'll say, hold that, uh, hold that a second and then, I'll, and then I'll walk away, but then I'll come back and then I'll say, okay, what were you talking about? And then she's talking about something else, you know, but, um, you know, really trying to figure out how to move forward with it because this is an everyday thing. And yeah. it's so draining. I guess that's why it gets on my nerves because it's so draining, mm -hmm. you know. And by the end of the day, it's, you know, with that and, and other people, it's just so draining, yeah. you know. And, and that's a record that, that I've been asking the Lord to scratch because I've noticed that, that I'm just feeling a little more sluggish than usual. Just do this. <laughs> do this. Um, go. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. When she starts to go, praise God. Hallelujah, and use your body. That'll scratch your record. It might scratch hers too. <laughs> it's going to scratch some records. <laughs> Amen. I mean, hey, you know, we're safe in this world. We can do whatever the Holy Spirit leads us to do. Amen. But yeah, hallelujah. Praise God. Be a cheerleader. <laughs> Amen. Kenrick. I don't know. Is here, use this one. Okay. <laughs> um I just had um a great, great weekend. Awesome from glory night to last night. It's just it's been an awesome week. Last week was. Um every day is still awesome. But um I I um God was just so good to me. Um, yesterday, I got up, and um, of course, everybody went to church, and we're having a um, little gathering over at one of my God sisters' house. And so, I knew I was supposed to go, but then this fear was coming up, but the fear was like obligation, out of obligation. So I sat, and I said, Lord, I want to obey you. I don't want to go out of fear. And I don't want to stay home because of fear. So I got quiet and I listened. He was like, go. So I went. And um, 
when I got there, I wasn't going to stay long. Um, I got there, sat down, and one of my other god sisters was there, and me and her started talking. And she started telling me how she started, she had all this stuff going on in her body, her lungs, she had a lesion on her liver, headache, I mean, just all kind of stuff was going on with her. And she said the Lord was telling her she was holding on to unforgiveness. And her and I just got to talking, and we talked for hours. But I got to telling her about the spot, you know, the spot of unforgiveness and how the Lord had been dealing with me about that. And I told her, I said, in one year's time, God brought me all the way. And I said, in January, the Lord finally told me, he's like, you're not mad with anybody but me. That's who you're really mad with is God. <laughs> I said, we, you know, I said, we think we we're mad with people, but we're really mad with God. And I said, I really had to, you know, just repent for that. I was just like, well, why were you mad with God? I said, because of the way my life looked, <laughs> you know, I was mad with him about my life. But then I had to come to a conclusion that, you know, it was all okay. You know, that's one of the things I've learned in Soul Shifters that we don't have a wasted moment. Amen. Even though it seems like that, because I kept saying to myself, you've wasted all your 20s, you wasted most of your 30s, you've done nothing, <laughs> you know, but. And you're mad at God, because you yes. wasted it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, you should let me do this, why didn't I do that? You know, all that's always going on. Yeah. And so, um, with that, she asked me, she said, well, how did you get through it? I said, well, I had to repent from Amen. it. And I just asked the Lord to really forgive me. I said, it was just as simple as that. Amen. And I just moved on from it. I said, you know what? I said, what I practice now from this day forward is, God, it's okay. You got me. Yes. You got me. It's, it's, it's okay that my life doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like at this age or what somebody else has been telling me or anything like that. But it's okay. God's yeah. got a plan. And it's all going to be redeemed. And uh, we just were talking and talking and talking and talking. And I just got to sharing with her so much. And one of the things I shared with her which really blessed me was about a rejection issue I had that had been going on for years with me. And I just told her, I said, you know, the Lord allowed me to understand that that was rejection and operation in me. I said, my rejection was being fed. That's why I needed that person in my life. I said, but when the Lord's really, you know, just was really revealed to me, that was rejection. And I thought and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, not only, wow, you just told her that, and I didn't feel any shame about it. That's what Amen. blessed me. There was no shame about telling her, you know, in Amen. a depth about the rejection and what it was and all. So yesterday was an awesome day for me. I conquered fear, got to share a testimony, got to share somebody about the spot of unforgiveness and all that. And, um, and we got to sharing somewhat, too, about their ministries. And I was telling her about all the great things that happen here and how our young people are getting really freed up through sanctification and I said this is not play play this is like we have 16 year olds and 20 they are their lives are really being sanctified through God and she was telling me because she we all went to the old ministry you know that and she was just saying I was like let's, let's just be honest I said when's the last time someone got up and testified of something they overcome and gave dominion over and she was like it happened you know yeah. I said so I said I'm not judging anybody but you have to question that, like, okay, God, where is the fruit of all this word that goes forth? Where is the fruit of the prayer? Why aren't people getting freed up? Where are your testimonies of the freedom? You know, of the real blessings of being peaceful in the mind and peaceful in the heart and 
overcoming something were those testimonies. Yeah. You know, it's all starting with you, Kendrick. You know, they're so, coming. So I was they're sharing with come. her. <laughs> and like I said, we talked. I was le actually, I had my bag. I was leaving out. I said, I got to go home and do my soul shifting homework. <laughs> and she was like, just talking to me. And I could see a brightness just come up out of her. I, she just was just so lifted. I mean, she was really, really lifted. Amen. And then she told me, she said, you know what? I got to confess this. She said, last week, the Holy Spirit kept telling me to call you, call you, call you. And she said, I didn't obey you, obey God. She said, but God brought you here today just for me. Amen. You know, she said, because I was wondering if you were going to come. It's like, God, you know, but she said the Holy Spirit told her all last week, you need to call your brother. You need to call your brother. You need to call your brother. Praise I said, next God. time, obey. <laughs> Amen. You know? Praise God. So this soul shifting class, the whole ministry as a whole has really, really just really blessed my life. You know, um, it is it is so awesome because a lot of times I think about how we see people. You know, um, I was in the bathroom at my god sister's house and on her shower curtain, it's Ecclesiastes 3, one we always say, and in God's timing, everything will be made beautiful. Yes. And so today, one of my clients came up. He's one of our regular business customers. And he looks at me. He said, hey, man, what's the word for the day? I said, in God's timing, everything will be made beautiful. Amen. I said, no matter what a person looks like, no matter how the mess looks, and in God's time, it will be beautiful. Yeah. He said, you know what, man? That's that's tight. That's something to think about. That's something, awesome. that's something good. So. I just bless God for you and your obedience and Gene's obedience and everybody's obedience that's connected to the ministry. You know, it just really has helped me a lot in my soul and the things God is pushing out of my soul, you know, and Amen. it's and it's just the it's just a freedom. You know, Praise I was telling my God. nephew that the other day. He was like, What? I was like, Boy, let me tell you something. Two thousand fifteen is the best year I ever had and two thousand sixteen is already shaping up to be better than two thousand fifteen. Awesome. And he was just looking at me, well, what do you mean? I said, free. Amen. Free. Praise God. Woohoo. Hallelujah. All right. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord is so good to you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. You're healing and freeing our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. And I'm here for anybody that would like any other prayer or counseling. Okay. You know, so awesome because, you know, on this. Yes.